0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So I think it will be a good time to do some, you know, discuss some updates on the transactional side of things. There have been some contract extensions, some guys going on the injured list, things like that. You know, we've done a lot of, um, you know, game recaps and trying to see what the playoff picture starts or stands at this point. But um, there have been some extensions and things to talk about. So first of all, I will discuss Travis Darno has been extended by the Braves. And this was announced yesterday. It's a new two-year contract with $16 million guaranteed. He's going to get $8 million in 2022 and another $8 million in 2023. He does have a club option in 2024 that does not have a buyout, but it's a club option. It's not guaranteed, so $16 million guaranteed. So this is good stuff for him. I mean, he, he was slated to become a free agent at the end of this season, but now that locks him in as the Braves' top catcher for at least another two seasons. I mean, Darno's had quite a journey. He was a first-round pick, you know, 37 overall in 2007, and he became a top prospect right away, and he was actually involved in a couple trades involving some Cy Young winners. The first time, it was Roy Halliday being sent from Toronto to Philly, and then the second time, it was R.A. Dickey being sent from the Mets to the Blue Jays. Made his debut as a 24-year-old in 2013, and he spent parts of seven seasons playing with the Mets. I mean, he showed promise, but you know, it wasn't really what we ended up seeing last year. Last year was, I mean, not even last year. If we go back to 2019, 2019. So the Mets released Darno in May 2019, and he ended up finding his way to the Rays. And Ray, the Rays had a lot of, they they needed catching help. You know, they had a lot of injured catchers on their roster. And it looked like, okay, Travis Darno was going to be a short-term depth addition. And then he ended up having a breakout showing that summer. And yeah, with the Rays, he became the primary catcher, had one of his best and most productive seasons. In 92 games, 365 plate appearances, he hit 263 with... Trying to do some quick math here. I'm not even going to do it. It's a 263 with a 323 on base and a 459 slugging percentage. 16 homers. That's the thing. The power really, really uh, began shining in Tampa Bay. And then he got a two-year $16 million deal in Atlanta. Funny enough, the extension he just signed is also two-year, two $16 million deals. So as of today, he's now signed back-to-back two-year, $16 million deals with the Braves. But his first season in Atlanta, which was you know last year, the shortened season due to the pandemic, that was his most productive season of his career. He played 44 of the 60 games, huge year, 321 batting average, 386 on base, 533 slugging, nine home runs, eight doubles and 184 plate appearances. And then in the postseason, he continued to rake as well. This year, things haven't gone as well, but that's because he's been hurt. You know how I am on this show. I will always give players a fair shake. If you have a player who's coming off an injury that's struggling, I'm always going to be like, you know, give it time, give it time. It's not really fair to put that that expectation on guys to just hit the ground running when they come back from injury, especially when you have a small sample size. I think that's what we're seeing with Travis Darno. I think that the numbers, obviously, the numbers we saw last year for forty-four games is not something we can extrapolate for a full season. But I do think he's someone who could hit like two eighty for you with twenty-five home runs or something like that in this season. I, I really, I think that's that's very reasonable for him. And um, yeah, he just returned a week and a half ago, and you know, at least coming into today, he was five for twenty-one with a home run and four work four walks in just a brief period of time. So one hundred twelve plate appearances this year. I'm not even really going to look into that because I think that his body of work speaks for itself. So his extension solidifies their catching spot for the next two seasons. I mean, but it does kind of create a bit of a roadblock for William Contreras, the brother of Wilson Contreras. He's 23 and he's been tearing the cover off the ball in AAA. We did see Contreras in the big leagues earlier this year when Darno went down and he did get off to a strong start in the big leagues, but then he kind of faded off. But I mean, at Triple A Gwinnett, this kid has a 150 weighted runs created plus and eight home runs in 125 play appearances. So he's really raking down there. So the fact that they've extended Darno, I mean, what are they going to do with Contreras now? I mean, he's going to be the first, he's only 23, so he's probably going to be the first option if there is an injury to Darno. If there is a designated hitter in the National League, well, then the Braves are going to have an option to get both those guys into the lineup at times. But then behind Contreras, they have another 23-year-old. His name is by – name. his name is Shea Langoliers, and he's rising through the system. He was number nine overall in the draft in 2019. He's considered one of the top overall prospects in baseball, actually. He's having a good season at A, where he's got a 136 weighted runs creative plus. But he's probably not going to be an option until – late next season or maybe 2023. So it's not like this Darno extension is really going to deter the development of Shea Langleers, but something to keep an eye on. So yeah, I mean, the, the Braves are getting their getting their catching, they have gotten their catching situation sorted out. So it seems, so it seems. So this is something that happened last week. I didn't mention it, but I will now. So Remember how the Dodgers signed Cole Hamels? Well, yeah, he's out for the year with a shoulder injury. He They signed him for a million bucks, and he felt shoulder pain during a simulated game, and now he's out for the year before he even gets a chance to pitch for the Dodgers. So, yeah, I mean, he's had some really bad luck. Honestly, I think Cole Hamels is going to retire very soon because he clearly doesn't have much left in the tank, at least from a health perspective. He's had a very, very, very good career, I mean, not a Hall of Fame career, but the Hall of Very Good. And he's put up 59.1 wins above replacement over a 15-year big league career. That's that's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. He's a winner, and he's one of the better left-handed pitchers of the generation. So it's a bummer it didn't work out for him with the Dodgers this year. But hey, I mean, the Dodgers really aren't aren't struggling to find arms right now. It seems like whoever. They call up from the minor league seems to be pitching well. I mean, they called up Andre Jackson to make his big league debut and he looked good and these bullpen games that LA is is putting together, you know, they seem to be working. So whatever they're doing, they'll keep doing it and I think they'll be fine. So Kenta Maeda, he left today's start due to right forearm tightness. And they're going to get an MRI for him on his forearm. You know, he allowed one run in his first four innings against the Yankees, but then ran into trouble in the fifth. I mean, this year has been a huge step back for Maeda. This is someone who was in the Cy Young conversation last year. Over 106 in a third innings, he has a 4.66 ERA, and that's by far his his highest ERA of his career. I mean, this is a guy who has a 3.84 ERA. It's been a step back. I mean, last year he put up a 2.70, but of course... It was a truncated season. Second in the Cy Young voting, but something something just hasn't been right with Maeda this year. I don't know if, if this forearm issue is serious or if it might reveal something that has been nagging him. I really don't know. I guess we'll have to wait for that MRI. But based on what I'm seeing, his ERA ballooning this year is partially due to bad luck. Because his stat cast numbers are solid. He has above average strikeout and walk rates. But... I mean, above average is still a step backwards from his elite performance last year. It's all relative. It's all relative. But I mean, the Twins are already looking ahead to 2022. If they lose Maeda for for some time, that's obviously going to further deplete their pitching depth. But they have a bunch of rookies in their rotation right now because obviously they traded away Jose Barrios. So the rookies are Griffin Jacks, Bailey Ober and Charlie Barnes. They also just acquired John Gant, who's getting some starts as well. So who else who else yeah a couple other transactions which aren't really Oh um I forgot to mention this is also something from from about a week ago or less than a week ago. The race signed David Robertson. So David Robertson, we all know who he is you know we, okay if you don't know who he is, he's a reliever who most recently pitched with I believe the Phillies. yeah he was, he was the Phillies. he was a closer for a couple years and then before that he was longtime Yankee. D-Rob actually just won gold, no, he didn't win gold, silver medal with Team USA in the Olympics, and I guess, you know, he looked good there, and and the Rays like what they saw, so they're adding him for the final, final, um, you know, stretch of the season here. He's 36, and he's trying to return to a big league mound for the first time since early 2019, and um, yeah, D-Rob, he's a veteran, and we all know, I mean, I don't want to keep saying we all know, but. Those of us who know him, uh, know him very well for his high socks. You know, he's That's kind of his thing. I think he has a whole like charity foundation called the High Socks of Hope, something like that, which is pretty cool. But that's a good personality. The Rays know how to, I don't even want to say develop because that's, that's not the right word with David Robertson, but they know how to utilize bullpen arms better than anyone in the major leagues. So they will find a role for him. They'll put him in positions to succeed because the Rays have that track record. That's what they always do. When they acquire such relief pitchers or pitchers in general so we'll see what happens we'll see how much playing time he gets but he's in their rotation i mean he's in their um he's in the organization I, I don't imagine they brought him aboard just to keep him in the minors i do think that we'll see him in the major leagues so that's what i have for today we have weekend series continuing to roll some good stuff happening folks we will we'll, we'll recap this we'll go over it don't worry. I will cover everything on the next episode, but that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.